0: It's daily thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. It's really fascinating to me that of those 64 times the word Holy One is used in, in, the, in, the, in the scriptures, I think over half of them are found just in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah, just over and over and over again, uses the term, oh, oh God, you are the Holy One. Yahweh, you are the Holy One. And I was pondering this late last night. I was like, I actually wonder if the reason why Isaiah was so enraptured in the holiness of God is because of the vision that he had in Isaiah chapter 6. That, you know, you you know the scene in, in the year that King Uzziah died, here's Isaiah, and he comes into the temple, and he sees the Lord high and lifted up. And the seraphim are all there. And and this is what Isaiah 6, 3 says, that the seraphim were crying out one to another saying, holy, holy, holy is Yahweh of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And I've mentioned this before, but do you realize biblically God is not holy? He's not even holy, holy. Do you realize how holy our God is that the, angel, the, the angels, the, the declaration in the heavenlies is he is holy, holy, holy. And there is a triple emphasis on the holiness of our God. In other words, he is so unlike us, so unlike us, so unlike us. He is set apart, set apart, set apart. He is different and other than. And... Does this make any sense? That, that he is so above and he is so lofty and he is so grand and he is so pure and he is so righteous and he, he is that the only way to talk about him is that he is holy, holy, holy. That he's not just mere holiness, he is like holiness. And so, could you imagine? Here's Isaiah and he sees this incredible scene and he sees the perfect holiness of God. In fact, John, I think it's in John chapter 12, John records that. That who Isaiah saw in that temple vision was Jesus. So here is the Holy One. And Isaiah sees Jesus high and lifted up, and the train of the robe of, Jesus is, uh, the, the robe of, 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 of Jesus is, fills the temple, and, and the seraphim are crying forth, "Holy is Jesus, Holy is, is our Lord! Holy is Yahweh of hosts." And I think it just makes sense to me, that probably made such a deep impression on the life of isaiah that i think is probably one of the reasons why he is the predominant user of this idea or the name the holy one why because man the holiness of god just was thundering in isaiah so much that isaiah cried out woe is me i am undone for i'm a man of unclean lips and i live amongst a people of unclean lips and god you've got to do something with us why because because you are holy now, I, I, I want you to grab a hold of this idea. God is the only one who is intrinsically holy. Uh, that word intrinsically has this idea that he is the only one in and of himself who is holy. That there is only one in the entire universe who in and of himself is holy. So if there is anything else that is holy, it derives its holiness from the one who is holy. But God doesn't borrow holiness. God doesn't become holy. He, in and of himself, his very nature, is holy. I'm going to come back to that because it becomes very important as we walk into this. We have a problem. And it's the fact that we have sinned against a holy God. That here is this holy God who was who lifted high... And do you realize what we have done is we have spurned his holiness. We have rebelled. We have shook our fist in his face. Uh, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 3 that all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. See, every single one of us have have rebelled. Every single one of us has said, I want what I want when I want. See, all all of us have, have craved independence and selfishness and sin. And we've just, pssst, on the holiness of the Lord. I, as you walk through the Old Testament specifically, it's interesting, one of the ways that phrase, the holy one is used, is in reference to us being sinners. Uh, I found this passage in Second Kings really interesting. God is speaking directly to Sennacherib, who is the king of Assyria. And God says, whom have you, O Sennacherib, king of Assyria, reproached and blasphemed. And against whom have you heightened your voice and haughtily lifted up your eyes? And here's here's God's conclusion. It was against the Holy One of Israel. Now, I know he's speaking specifically to Sennacherib. I, I get that. But do you realize that every time we walk in pride... Uh, every time that I turn inward and live out of my own selfishness and my sin, when, when I rebel and I blaspheme and, and, and I heighten my voice and my arrogance and my haughtiness, and when I want what I want, how I want, who is that all against? Well, it's the same one that Sennacherib did it all against. Do you realize that when I sin, I, I, am, I am shaking my fist in the face of the Holy One of Israel? that he is the holy righteous one. And I am saying on you, I want, I I want my own way. Uh, Psalm 78 says it this way. How often speaking about the, the Israelites in the wilderness, how often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the wasteland again and again, they tested God and pained the holy one of Israel. Do you realize that the rebellion and the sin and, and the and the, the selfishness that we live in is against the Holy One of Israel. David, when he fell into sin and he was convicted over it, grieved, and he's it wasn't that he sinned against Bathsheba or Uriah. Yeah, that that's true. But God says, Oh, I, I've sinned against you and you alone. That that might, yeah, yeah, my sin affected a lot of people, and yeah, he probably needs to make that right. But God, I, I have sinned against you. I, I have shook my fist in rebellion to the Holy One. Isaiah 1, 1.4, Isaiah speaking to the nation and he says, Alas, you sinful nation, people heavy with iniquity, seed of evildoers, sons who acted corruptly, that they have forsaken Yahweh. They have spurned the Holy One of Israel. They have become estranged from him or later in chapter 31 isaiah says woe to you who go down to egypt for help and rely on horses and trust in chariots because they are many in aid and in horsemen because they are mighty but they do not regard at the holy one of israel nor seek yahweh now i know we could look at a passage like that and go like well i've never gone to egypt for help yeah but egypt biblically is symbolic of the flesh and of sin. It's that which has always been of slavery in our lives. And how many times have you been in a situation? How many times have you been in the middle of, of a crisis or difficulty or hardship, and what you seek refuge, where you seek peace, where you seek solace, is you return back to the thing that has always been enslaving you, that, that place of chains, that place of bondage, and you say, oh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look for help here. Isn't that interesting? How often we do that. It's like I'm in the middle of a crisis here. Oh, you know what? For some reason, I feel comforted when I actually walk in lust. Somehow, I feel more. You know, I feel more comforted uh, when I walk in fear. Y- yeah, I'm going to seek help in my in the middle of my situation, my crisis. Over in this, and we just neglect the Holy One the one that actually can actually bring help and resolution and freedom and life and joy and and genuine peace. We we don't seek after the Lord. We seek after the the bondage stuff. Haven't you done that? I've done that. And it it is stupid. It is absolute foolishness, isn't it? But how often we just... So we have sinned and we've rebelled against the Holy One. But do you realize what you are actually called to? You are called unto holiness. And man, this is, this is so heavy in Scripture. This is all over the place. But, but look at just a few passages. Leviticus eleven forty four, For I am Yahweh your God. Therefore, now think about this. Because our God is Yahweh, because of who he is, therefore set yourselves apart as holy and be holy for I am holy. So why are, why are we to be holy? Because he's holy. And God says, whoo, I I am Yahweh, your God, and I am holy. So guess what I want for you? Holiness. So that when the world sees you, they don't just see you, they see me. So when you live in selfishness, when you live in sin, when you live for, you know, when you live for your thing, what you're declaring to the world is that's what your God is like. That your God can't set you free. Your your God is selfish. Your your God is all about you. God says, I'm not like that. I'm distinct. I'm separate. I'm other than. So be holy. Why? Because I'm holy. And I want the world to see my holiness. I, I want the world to know that I am not like the world. And so if you are my people, I want you to be just like me. So because I'm holy, I want you to be holy. Uh, In in chapter 19, God says the same thing. It says that Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, speak to all the congregation of the sons of Israel and say to them, you shall be holy for I, Yahweh your God, am holy. Are you getting this? God is holy. So he looks at us, his people, and says, oh, I'll do you what I want for you? I want you to be holy. And the reason I want you to be holy is because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Peter picks up on this in 1 Peter chapter 1, and Peter says this, but like the Holy One who has called you, be holy yourselves in all of your conduct, because it is written, you shall be holy for I am. Am holy. Here's our problem though. God calls us unto holiness, and so we have a solution. We have a fix to our own problem. And what is our solution? Ourselves. What is our solution? Oh, okay. Uh, God's called me to holiness. I'm going to grip my teeth. I'm going to pull this thing off. You can't. That's legalism trying in your own effort, and your own strength, and your own wisdom to live a life that you actually are unable and capable of living. Look at what Isaiah says about this. He says, For all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all of our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment, and all of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind carry us away. Isaiah says, Your best attempt to be holy? Your, 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 your determination, I'm going to grip my teeth, I'm going to be holy, here, here we go. Uh, that attempt is nothing but filthy rags, which is a great word study if you want to flesh that out. right? Because it, it means more than just a, a rag that got thrown in the mud. It means a bloody garment you throw away. And it's this, it's this idea of do you realize the best thing that you can produce, the best thing that you can reach down in your own gusto and accomplish, hey, I'm gonna live godly. I'm gonna be righteous. Hey, I'm gonna be holy. I mean, the best attempt at that is nothing. It's worthless. You, you toss it aside. So here's our problem. Our God is holy, and he calls us to be holy. Holy. So how are we who are unholy and all of our best attempt at holiness is is filthy rag stuff, how on earth are we ever going to be holy? Do you know what the secret to holiness is? And I've shared this so many times. But the only way that we can be holy is to embrace the one who is holy. Again, God and God alone is intrinsically holy. He, in and of himself, is holy and there is no one or nothing outside of God that is holy well then how are we going to be holy let me just give you a few passages really quick Isaiah 43 3 listen to this about the holy one for I Yahweh your God the holy one of Israel is your savior or Isaiah forty three fourteen. thus says Yahweh your redeemer the Holy One of Israel. Or Isaiah 47:4, our Redeemer, Yahweh of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. Think about this. The one who is holy, the one whose name is the Holy One, actually wants to be the Savior and the Redeemer to get you out of the filthy rags, to bring about his life in you. So, how are you going to be holy? You can't grit your teeth through this one. You're going to have to embrace the one who is holy. So my favorite illustration of this is Moses on the burning bush. Uh, Here's Moses. He's up on the mountain. And uh, you realize he's been a shepherd for 40 years. And the likelihood is that he has been on this mountain countless times. And so he's there. and He's probably here yesterday. And he's with all the sheep and and there's all the dead twigs and, you know, there's sheep and they eat and sheep do stuff after they eat. And so this this ground is not holy. It's it's filthy. And so one day Moses is up there and this bush starts to burn. It's not burning, but it is burning, but it's not burning. And that whole thing. And so Moses goes to investigate why the bush that is burning is not burning, but it is burning. And so he goes and as he's looking at the bush that's burning, but not burning, but burning, the bush speaks, which would probably cause you to tremble a little bit, <laughs> you know, if, if a bush started to speak to you. Uh, and the bush says, take off your sandals. Why? Well, because the place where you are standing is holy. And, and of course, if the, the, my thought process goes, if I was Moses... Wouldn't you just go up to the bush and be like, "No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bring correction to you, Bush, but this ground that I'm standing on is not holy. I was here yesterday. It wasn't holy. Uh, I was here earlier today. It wasn't holy. Uh, in fact, look around. the The ground is is full of filth. This is not holy. So why is the ground now holy? God showed up. So God is the only one who is holy. He is intrinsically in and of himself holy. But here's what's so phenomenal. God, who is the only one who is holy, if he shows up, even that which is unholy becomes holy when God shows up. So here's my life. I'm unholy. I mean, the best attempt I got is filthy rags. So how on earth am I going to be holy? I can't. Unless God shows up. And the only option I have to be holy is to embrace the one who is holy. And in the embrace of him, somehow that which is unholy becomes holy. Do you know how phenomenal that is? And one of my favorite pictures of that is the whole whole idea of Jesus being born in the stable. Of all the places, and I've said this before, but in all the places Jesus could be born... It should not have been a mucky stable. He should have had a palace. He should have had a great hospital. He should have had something, a house at least. Do you realize the God of the universe who took on flesh stooped and lowered and humbled himself to such a degree that he was willing to be born in a mucky stable full of animal droppings and animal smells and animal noises and and just... Do you know what a great picture that is of our lives? That that Jesus is willing to be birthed in a filthy stable known as you. But here's the phenomenal reality of the gospel. He refuses to leave us that way. That that we were not made to stay as a stable, a shepherd's cave or whatever it may have been. That that we weren't made to be a filthy stable. God doesn't just merely forgive us and pat us on the head and be like, oh, what a wonderful stable. No, you are to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you not know, have you not heard that you are a temple of the living God? And folks, there is no smells in the temple except fragrance. There is no muck inside the temple. And isn't it an incredible picture of the gospel that that Jesus was willing to be born in a filthy stable known as me? This vessel which is unholy. But the moment that he shows up, that which is unholy becomes holy, and he begins to sanctify my life, and he begins to set my life apart, and he begins to consecrate my life to the point where I am not a mucky stable anymore. I am actually becoming holy because he is holy. And in the embrace of his person and the wonder of who he is, when I get tight with Jesus... My life, which is unholy, suddenly becomes holy. And that process of sanctification, we understand, that's going to be lifelong. Praise the Lord. But do you recognize that you can be holy? You, you don't have to get given a sin. Hey, you, you don't have to live in the muck of the world. Hey, you, you don't have to be under the thumb and the curse of Egypt and, and the depravity of your habits and your addictions. That Jesus once says sets you free. Please contain your excitement. But folks, that's phenomenal, isn't it? That you actually can be holy. That you actually can be separate and different and other than what you've always been. That, that, that a line can be drawn in the sand. And as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, that the old is gone. The new has come. And that you are a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. That there's a new creation happening. Why? Because you've embraced the one who is holy. So the only chance you and I have to ever live how we are called to live, which is holy, as a lowercase holy one, is to embrace the one who is the uppercase holy one. So as an outflow of that, let me give you five quick practical thoughts. If he is the holy one and we are called unto holiness... And the only way we can be holy is to embrace the one who is holy. What does this mean? So five quick ideas. Number one is the idea of consecration. Uh, The term consecration is just another term for this idea of holiness, but it's this idea of to be undefiled. It means to be set apart. Uh, It means to be unlike the world. Uh, It means to be purified. Uh, We've heard it said, uh, I'm to be in the world, but not of the world. It's that idea. Or maybe if you want maybe a better way of saying it, uh, I want to be in the world, but I don't want the world's philosophy to be in me. I I don't want the world's cravings. I don't want the world's lusts. I don't want the world's... I don't want that inside of here. That God wants a pure and spotless vessel. That as he says in Ephesians 1, 4, that, that you were chosen before the foundations of the world to be holy and blameless before him that there's something radically different going on inside of you, and we are to be different and other than the world around us. Uh, it's interesting, and <clears throat> when you follow the story in the Old Testament of King Josiah, uh, King Josiah was a young guy when he became king, and the word of God was found, and it was read to King Josiah. And in the moment that the word was read to Josiah, everything began to change. And listen to what Second Chronicles says. 3433 says, It says that Josiah took away all the abominations from the lands belonging to the sons of Israel and made all who were present in Israel to serve Yahweh their God. Throughout his lifetime, they did not turn away from following Yahweh, the God of their fathers. What if that began to happen in your personal life? What if, as God began to lift up his word in your life, as he began to expose the reality of truth, as you began to recognize that God has called me unto holiness, what if you would say, okay, Lord, I, I want no evil place. I want nothing lifted up. I don't want any idolatry reigning and, and, and happening in this land known as my life. So God, change everything. Lord, will you transform my mind? Hey, Lord, will you transform my heart? God, would you transform my motives and my attitudes and my thought? I mean, just, will you just change everything so, so that I could wholly follow the Lord my God all the days of my life? Wouldn't it be neat if your life truly was consecrated? Well, how's that going to take place? You've got to embrace the one who is. The one who is holy. That is the only chance you've got. And not only is it just the idea of consecration, but number two, there's this idea of consumption. Really fascinated me that the more you begin to walk into holiness the more you desire God and his holiness. It's like the moment you, you begin to taste it, it's like, wow, this is so phenomenal. Wow, this changes everything. And it just begins to consume your life. In other words, do you realize that Jesus is not to be an add-on to your life? He's to be your life. That he's not just something that we, you know, we do on Sunday mornings and maybe some Sunday nights and, and maybe you know, maybe if you're really spiritual, Wednesday nights, but Jesus is to be your life. And this reality that He is, the Holy One, if you would just embrace Him as the Holy One, this will begin to consume you. It's going to start changing how you think. It's going to change how you spend your time. It's going to change how you spend money. It's going it's to start changing everything in your life, what you think about, what you talk about, what you do and how you live. And what do we need if you were consumed with the Living God? If you would, as Hebrews eleven six says that, you would actually diligently seek after him. Or a psalm, was it Psalm 27? The Lord says, seek my face. And I said, Lord, I will. I will seek your face. See, what if that was the consumption of your being? And maybe here's just a good question for your soul. Are you ever increasing in your love, your delight, your passion, your desire for Jesus? Because if you're like, well, you know, it's, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of in this waning season. Yeah, you know, you know, a few years ago, woo, I was really fiery hot. But, you know, I've cooled down a little bit. Do you realize that we should never be cooling down? It should only be ever ramping up and getting hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter. Why? Because there's this all-consuming reality with God and His presence and His holiness that, that the more I pursue Him and the, and the more I pursue holiness and the more I pursue... It just it starts to consume me. And everything I am and all that I do, then I truly begin to love the Lord my God with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my strength. That this is, this is everything. He they, they doesn't just have a piece of my life, He is the totality of my life. So there's this idea of consecration, there's this idea of consumption. Number three, there's this idea of Christ likeness. Holiness, though it's gotten a bad rap, do you realize that holiness is merely becoming more like Jesus? He is the Holy One. So what does it mean to, be walk, to walk in holiness? It means that I'm actually becoming ever more like Him. That He is removing all of those pieces of chaff and sin and flesh so that He actually conforms me to the image of the dear Son. That I'm becoming more and more like Him that I, I desire the things that he desires, I love the things that he loves, I hate the things that he hates, and I'm becoming more and more like Christ. First Peter, again, I read this earlier, but first Peter one says, But like the holy one who called you, be holy yourselves also in all of your conduct. Why? Because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Romans 8, 29, Paul says that, that God's passion, his desire is that you would be conformed to the image of the Son. That is what you've been called unto. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians two twenty, And you, you know this passage, but, but listen to this in light of holiness. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So for you to walk in holiness, do you realize it's, it's, not, it's not a negative? This thing is, wow, I get to be like Jesus. And don't you, why do you want to be like you? We have so many problems, so much sin and selfishness. See, I, I want God to deal with all that stuff. Circumcise my heart deal with the chaff and the sin and the selfishness and make make me like Jesus. See, that's the idea of holiness. Uh, Number four, there's this idea of connection. Found this really convicting last night as I was studying through some of this. Do you realize that God ties our holiness to his? In other words, the reason we are called to holiness is because he himself is holy. But then strangely... When you start to flesh out, okay, what does it mean for me to be holy? Well, it means for me to be like Jesus. But strangely, biblically, do you realize that he does not call you out from the world into a little monastery and says, okay, be, hey, be separate. Hey, don't, don't look at anybody and just, and just do your little thing. Do you realize that holiness, as God begins to define holiness, is to be just like Jesus? Which doesn't mean seclude yourself. It means he wants to actually take you plant you into the middle of a dark world and say be different and that holiness that we are to live which is just the life of Jesus is actually to permeate and actually is to affect all the relationships around us this is really strong in Leviticus 19 which I know is one of your all-time favorite books to study but in Leviticus 19 I read this earlier I want you to listen to fresh of this It says that Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, speak to all the congregation of the sons of Israel and say to them, you shall be holy for I, Yahweh your God, am holy. And then what he does is the very next passages, he begins to describe how to live. And all of it is in relationships. Here's how you treat your mother. Here's how you treat your father. Here's how you treat the stranger. Here's how you treat the slaves. Here's how, and every single time it shows up, he says, here's what you are here to do. And then he gives you the reason why. And he says, for I am Yahweh, your God. Okay, here's how you're to live like this. For I am Yahweh, your God. Hey, you're supposed to treat like this. You're you're supposed to treat these people like this. Why? Because I am Yahweh, your God. Isn't it fascinating? That God ties our holiness to him and his name. And then says, all right, here's what, here's what I want you to do. You ready for this? Oh, get ready, get ready. I want you to live like that in the world. Why? Because you're holy. And I am Yahweh, your God. And so we're not going to do this, but I would encourage you at some point today, read Leviticus 19, verses 1 through 4, verses 9 through 18. And I, I just want you to hear the thunderous reality of God saying that holiness is to affect all of our relationships. Holiness is to affect how you think. Holiness is, see, you are connected to the people around you. You are connected to your God, and he is calling you to be holy. And that connection with the world around you, that holiness is to permeate and change everything. And and why am I supposed to honor my father and mother? Because Yahweh is my God. He is holy and he's called me to be holy. Why am I not supposed to harvest the edges of my field so that the stranger has something to have in the time of need? Well, because Yahweh is holy and he's called me to be holy. And I'm finding this really fascinating because when I think of holiness, I go, okay, I want to be holy. So uh, nobody talked to me. Because I, I, can, I can, it's so much easier to be holy when you're not around. Because you press on my life. You, like a, to a toothpaste, you squeeze me. And what comes out should be Jesus, should be his holiness. And what I've been finding uh, is I'm getting squeezed, and what's coming out is frustration and selfishness. And, and, and I'll just be honest, this was so apparent in my life last night. I, I, I was, I got home, I was so frustrated like I don't get frustrated very easily. Uh, and there's this situation and I'm just like, Lord, I am so frustrated. And it's because I just, I see rebellion and, and it, I don't care what, what it, it doesn't affect me. But when I look at rebellion in someone's life, it, it's, it's like a holy, righteous anger. It is so frustrating to me because I recognize if you are willing to do that in an environment Uh, If you're willing to do that to someone else, then you will do it to the Lord. Does that make sense? In other words, the fact that there's an outward demonstration of rebellion shows that there's an inward problem of rebellion. And so last night, I was just like, Lord, I am so ticked off. And so I went for a walk, and I had to keep walking, and I had to keep walking, and I had to keep walking. And it was a couple of hours later. I finally get back home, and it was super late. And I'm like, okay, i got to work on Daily Thunder. (laughs) And I'm just like, Lord! And then I came to all this, and I'm like, oh, I'm so convicted. Because what I was realizing, and and I I do genuinely think it was a righteous anger, but what I was realizing is I'm being squeezed in this situation. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, Lord, how do I respond? How am I going to deal with this tomorrow? And I'm recognizing what is coming out is not that Holy. Because I'm just, and I did not sleep well last night. Why? Because I'm just still in this. Wouldn't it be neat if I could be so embracing the one who is holy that he just deals with all that inner stuff so that when the squeezing of life happens, what comes out is holy. Wouldn't that be amazing in relationships in family, in trials, in circumstances, if the reality of Christ just bubbles forth. Well, how's that going to happen? I'm going to have to get tight with Jesus. Let me give the last one really quick. So there's this idea of consecration. There's this idea of consumption. There's this idea that holiness is merely becoming like Jesus, It's Christ-likeness. There's this idea of connection that it has to affect all the relationships and we're not secluding ourselves in a little monastery. We are called to be holy in the midst of a very dark and depraved world. We're to be different, separate, other than the world around us. I couldn't find a good word and I chose the word cheerful, which, which kind of embodies it. But do you realize that holiness, and I mentioned this earlier, but holiness is not a negative. See, holiness is not a list of do's and don'ts. See, if, if in your mind, holiness is a negative, then you don't know what holiness is. If, if in your mind, holiness is a, oh, bummer, I've got to keep all the rules, then you don't understand what holiness is. See, if you, if you see holiness as a legalistic thing or, or a restriction or whatever, you have, to, you have the wrong thought of what holiness is. Holiness does not restrict you. Holiness frees you. Holiness is not a have-to. Holiness is a woo get-to kind of a thing. See, holiness is not a list of do's and don'ts. Holiness is, oh, i got to be like Jesus. And so if you come to holiness and it's a, oh, bummer. Holiness is a a restriction. Holiness is a have-to. Holiness is a... Then you have no idea what we're talking about. Because when you get into holiness, you could look at holiness and say, oh, you're telling me I can't murder people? Yeah. Yeah, holiness says you can't murder people. But why would you be focused on what you don't get to do? Because the idea of holiness is you're actually taking on the very life of Christ. Which means you're not not frustrated that you don't murder. You're you're not frustrated that you can't walk in sexual deviancy and twistedness. You you don't get frustrated. You actually look at the fact that you're telling me I can actually walk in truth? You're telling me that I can actually walk in purity? So you're telling me that I can walk in the fullness of life. So what I hear you saying is that if I'm holy, I get to have the abundance of joy. Uh-huh. See, this is not a negative. This is a whoa, look at all I get to have. This is do you realize how phenomenal holiness is? You get to have the very life of Christ. Well, if I'm holy, there's things I don't get to do. But the whole purpose of holiness is that he's changing your heart and you don't want to do those things anyway. I had this old friend who said, yeah, I love this idea of holiness because God takes all the things that I used to like and turns them into dislikes. And all those things I used to dislike, he turns them into likes. I never liked praying for long hours. Now I love it. But I used to love my sin and now I'm starting to hate it. See that's holiness. So if you see holiness as the, uh, you gotta get out, you got you gotta get past that, because there is a cheer and a joy and a life in the midst of true holiness. You get to be like Jesus. That's phenomenal. That you don't have to be in bondage anymore. You, you don't have to be addicted anymore. You, you don't have to live under your the tyranny of your sin any longer. Why? Because he's called you to be holy like, like him. He's holy. And because he is holy, he says, oh, I want you to be holy too. I, I want to share my life and my nature with you. So would you come out from the world and be separate and different and other than? and, and I, you, you won't have to worry about the, strong, the stranglehold of, of darkness and death in your life. Why? Because I'm going to set you free and you can have the abundance of life. That's phenomenal. That I I don't have to be the play toy of the enemy any longer. That I I can live in holiness and righteousness and truth. Well, how's that going to take place? I got to I got to get tight with Jesus because I can't be holy on my own. And the only option I have to be holy is to embrace the one who is holy. Would you embrace him? And if you would actually grab a hold of this idea that He is the Holy One, do you realize that this should this should spring forth, this should bubble forth worship and praise? Man, this thing is just go, whoa! God, you are so different. You are so up. you are holy, holy, holy. You are high and lifted up, man. You are you are so different than everything around, man. And you've called me under that. You're sharing your life with me, man. If you would grab a hold of that, you you couldn't help yourself but worship. In fact, just, let me just close with three verses really quick. By the, Just this idea that the Holy One is worthy to be praised. L- listen to this. Ezekiel 39.7. I love this. God says, My holy name I will make known in the midst of my people, Israel. And I will not let my holy name be profane anymore. And the nations will know that I am Yahweh, the Holy One in Israel you catch what's going on here? God says, here's a whole world that's profaned my name and sh- shook its fist in my face and lived in rebellion. But do you know what I'm going to do? Me, the Holy One of Israel, I'm going to actually go into my people and I'm going to demonstrate my holiness in and through them. And as the holiness of me gets inside of the into, into them, those people are going to be holy and woo, everything's going to change. If you want another passage, Ezekiel 36 verse 23 says the same thing. That that God's going to vindicate the holiness of his name. How's how's God going to demonstrate the holiness of his name? When he, through us, shows forth his holiness. The very ones that used to profane his name, the very ones that used to shake our fists in his face, the ones who were totally unholy, and the best thing that we could produce is filthy rags, just these deeds of unrighteousness. God, who is holy, is going to invade that which is unholy and make that which is unholy, holy. And he's going to show forth his holiness to the nations through you. not that an amazing thought? Psalm 71, verse 22. I will also praise you with a harp, even your truth, O my God. To you I will sing praises with the lyre, O holy one of Israel. Isaiah 12, 6. Cry aloud and shout for joy, O inhabitant of Zion. For great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, you are the Holy One. You don't merely have holiness, you are holiness. Lord, you and you alone are the only one who is intrinsically holy. And Lord, we are not. And we are in desperate, desperate need. For you. God, I cannot be holy on my own. I cannot be like you through my own talent, through my own wisdom, through my own gumption. Lord, the only option I have is to embrace you, the one who is holy, and that which is unholy, me, suddenly finds itself holy. So, Lord, in every area of unholiness, every area of sin, every area of selfishness, every area of, 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 of that independent, self-focused propensity, God, could you just invade my life? And like a filthy ground that where you show up, you just say, oh, this is a holy ground. Would you do that in this life? And take this little life and make it holy. And I understand there's a process of sanctification. I understand that consecration, there's an ever-increasing reality of being set apart. I I get that. But Lord, the only chance I have is for you to invade my life. It's for me to embrace you even tighter. So Lord, I just want to freshly declare this morning, I need Jesus. And would you be the Holy One of my life? Would Would you... would you somehow enable me to quit turning to myself, turning, t- turning to my Egypt to fix my problems in my time of need? Lord, could I turn to you, the only one that has the solution? Lord, your desire is to make us like Jesus. So Jesus, could you come through your spirit and do something in us and through us that we in and of ourselves cannot do? would you conform us to the image of Christ and may we like Paul declare that we've been crucified with you and it's no longer us who live it's you through your spirit living through us and god would would you take your holiness and so invade your people and this generation that the nations will know that you are god because they see your holiness in and through you through us your people Lord, in the midst of a dark and polluted world, may may we be separate, different, distinct, and other than in every area of our lives and how we think and how we talk and how we live, our motives, our actions. And may the demonstration of your life in and through us be so clear. May the light that is shining through us be just a blaze in the midst of a dark and polluted world. And Lord, this morning, we do want to worship you, for you are worthy to be praised. Lord, could somehow we just see the, the benefit, the, the, the joy, the freedom of holiness, and as we somehow embrace you, could there just be something that bubbles up within us where we don't sing songs, we don't just mouth along, but wow, we just worship because you are worthy. We love you. Thank you for your holiness. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this.